then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Uh, yeah, you know, um, they sprung on me last night when I was at work. They sprung on me uh, a change to the format of how we are working. So I had been on a weekly rate, which is, I guess, ostensibly salary. Um, and okay. now we've moved to piecework. So essentially, I'm getting paid per video. Well, that sounds like it couldn't possibly abuse you horribly. Yeah, it sounds to me as though I'm about to get my, uh, at least for the moment, because we have been so incredibly dry work-wise, it sounds to me like we're going to have, um, I'm going to lose about half my income, but whatever. Well, um, you know, that's capital taking care of its constituents for you. Yep. Uh, small businesses are the same as every other business in that they tell you to fuck off and die when they could make money better. So I am drinking. Well, that's something. At least, uh, at least, I don't know. I thought I had something. <laughs> don't worry about it. Honestly, I'll, I'll be fine. Things will either turn up or they won't and... The life that I live will change in ways that I have no control over, but the things that I do have control over, I mean, I guess I'll try to make them okay. That's really the only thing I guess any of us can do. Yeah. It's just a shame that you, you know, did what uh, those all the boomers told you to do and went to college to get a real job. And, yeah, uh, but I went, and, I went to a liberal arts college. I, I went to a the, terrible the, place, the, 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 a Marxist indoctrination from, place. <laughs> the, no, the, the bars are always moving down the field. Mm -hmm. or the, the line, I don't know, the, whatever the metaphor is. Goalpost, goalpost. Goalpost keeps getting moved go. further down the field, that's right, for uh, for any millennial who doesn't have million-dollar status. Yeah. So, well, this is why, you, this is why. Oh, you did that, but this is why. Oh, no, but, but, no not actually, this is why. Speaking of, I was uh, so Lucy and I have started watching in order to fill time because we are uh, incapable of coming up. I know there are better things out there, movies, shit out there, things that I could like more. But we have started watching just the absolute pop shit of uh, ABC uh, drama called How to Get Away with Murder. I've heard and good things about that if you like that style. Yeah, I mean, it is exactly what an ABC drama is. It's melodrama, and it's every week is a horrible. It's almost like it's almost like Monster of the Week, but it's not quite there because there's always this weird like flashback shit at the beginning and end of every episode. Yeah, they're really trying to loosely tie it together. But, yeah, they try and make some kind of grand narrative, but there's nothing really connecting it. I mean, I've In watched shows case. like that. I was, I'm yeah. a big fan. I mean, I used to like Leverage a lot, and that's well, literally like an yeah. heist of the week. It's literally none of it has any nutrients uh, entertainment-wise, but it is all sugar. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, I mean, honestly, in this day and age, we're – I mean – you know me. Yourself. I'm a nihilist, and I'm sure that won't come into play in two weeks. No, in it certainly of, uh, won't be involved 14 days from now. But Well, anyways – um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it it's all pointless. So you know, whatever gets you through life to the other side, so that you can wash your hands of this mess without hurting anyone. 
that's, that's basically move. my philosophy towards life. If you want to be a good person, take the Hippocratic Oath, but like towards life. That's actually a really good way of calling it is a Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm, but it's beyond the operating room. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and to be fair, I'm sure there's plenty of doctors who do plenty of harm as soon as they leave the building. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of doctors who took that Hippocratic Oath and yet still prescribed a shitload of opiates. Yeah, so they, they did harm you. Getting with the, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's, but that's just basically my life philosophy at the end of the day. Is I'm, as long as I'm not hurting anyone with my life, then uh, I'm doing all right. And every now and then if I bring up a leftism to be like, hey – you know, this thing, and then people are like, that's stupid because communism. I'm like, cool, I tried. Yeah. Hey, that's dumb because it would help me. Fuck you. Yeah, that's a lot of times the resilience you get. Anyway, uh, well, uh, I guess let's jump into it. I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. We are the Unsociablists, and this is our first variety episode, and uh, we're doing something called a reading series. Now, for those who know Chapo, you know exactly what we're about to do here, but they don't own it, so fuck you. Fuck you, Chapo. (laughs) We're stealing Um, this back. But yeah, for those who aren't familiar, our reading series is basically Kyle and I both went and found articles that make our skin crawl. News, like usually opinion news type stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And we are going to read them and interject as we go, and just basically make fun of the kind of thought that is allowed to be on professional quote unquote news sites. The shit that's posted in today, I'm going to be reading from the paper of record of New York Times. Of course, it's an opinion piece. By two people, uh, and it's fairly new, but Phil's coming he, – he's scraped back a few months and found us something that's uh, equally depraved. Yeah, I mean mine's, mine's definitely not new, um, and it's also not from as much of an uh, official source as the New York Times, but it is from the right-wing news source Entrepreneur, Ugh. which uh, – yeah. I can't imagine uh, anybody would call themselves that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – either way, both articles are bound to leave you thinking, oh, this is – something that some people will read and take seriously (laughs) this is something i guess we can hop right into it did you want to go uh first or second kyle i can go first if that's up for you yeah go for it man all right so today we're uh reviewing i suppose um jonathan roush and peter wainer's uh article in the new york times opinion section titled what's happening on the left is no excuse for what's happening on the right and this came out uh, actually Thursday, I suppose, January 20th, 2022. And Adam Johnson, if anybody knows, he's of Citations, ne- uh, Citations Needed with Nima Shirazi. Very great podcast. Go ahead and listen to him. I'm sure I've shouted them out before. Um, he's already kind of taken a little bit of a stab at it. He has a sub stack. So go ahead and if you do sub stack, like, I guess subscribed i don't really do substack i just like click on it when it comes across twitter but it's there uh jonathan roush himself he's a senior fellow at the brookings institute which if anybody knows anything about that it's just like a centrist like milk toast fucking how can we uh make sure that everybody that every one of our donors makes a lot of money still type of think tank in dc and mr wayner is a senior fellow at the ethics and public policy center which Buries the fact that he's also worked as a uh, speechwriter for Reagan, H.W. Bush, and George W. Bush, as well yeah. as in the Department of Education for the latter there, the uh, W. Bush. So as a well bunch as of people being, 
Oh, sorry. No, as well as being uh, a part of the uh, of a Coke funded Tea Party affiliated think tank that pushed such crazy bullshit as you can imagine. So basically a bunch of people who uh, they have absolute disdain for 90 something percent of the human population, but at least they use the right pronouns. So they're good guys. <laughs> I, so Jonathan Rausch himself, he is uh, gay um, and he's written books about like the benefits. Oh, regular of, Buttigieg on our hands. Yeah, we got a Buttigieg basically. He's like a he's like Buttigieg, but like 35 years older than Buttigieg. Um, he's like. Eh, he's even less than that. He's only like 25 years older. Buttigieg is like, what, 40 now? So what are about there? Yeah. Um, what they're calling what, what unfortunately has been deemed geriatric millennials, which geriatric is the dumbest millennials. term ever. Jesus Christ. God, I'm a geriatric millennial and I'm 27. So grow up. Like, come on. Um, but uh, like it, it, it's this play on thing. So and New York Times also has this other deal where it's um, Brett Stevens and Gail Summers. I can't remember her last name. Honestly, that's me being bad, forgetting it's Gail and Brett, and they do this like, oh, she's the liberal and he's the conservative, and that's like what they're playing with with Jonathan Rauch and Peter Weiner in this, is without the kind of weird Tea Party talk that uh, Brett and Gail do. But it's basically they co-wrote this piece about how the left and the right are bad, but if the right horseshoe. uses the left, yeah, it's horseshoe shit. It's pretty. Pretty typical for these kinds of uh, publications. So let's get into it. All right. Do you have this thing open? I put it up on the deal. Oh, I, 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 I've, I was going to just listen. It was I'll listen. Long. You don't need to. I just want to make sure if you wanted to, it's open. I didn't even see that it was posted <laughs> somewhere. American democracy has often confronted hostile forces from outside the United States. Rarely. Yeah, like uh, our, our, our own stuff, but th that we'd put elsewhere across the yeah, globe. Yeah, right. right. We, we only confront hostile forces from outside the United States. Now, rarely has it been – rarely has it been under as much of a threat from forces within the nation. <laughs> yep. Never, we've never, uh, we've never, never been a threat from our own cops or anything like that. Nothing. The danger arises from illiberalism on the right and the left. Both sides are chipping away at the foundations of the American Republic, capital R. Each side seems oblivious to its own defects. Again and again, we have heard conservatives argue that even if you believe that Donald Trump is flawed and the MAGA movement is worrisome, the left is much more dangerous. We disagree. And of course, they're talking about these two, one of Reagan official and the other a apology, uh, an apologist for the kind of Obama milk toast. Like, well, oh, thank well, goodness at least we're we not quite as bad as – yeah, thank goodness we're not viewed as quite as bad as the openly racist, sexist, bigoted in every way, shape and form people. Right. Uh, at least the people in Hollywood in New York can be gay openly now because those are the only two places that we care about. Fears about the left's increasingly in <laughs> fears about the left's increasingly authoritarian radical tendencies are well grounded, but they have blinded many conservatives to the greater danger posed by the right. Now, this is what I'm asking: like, what? Who the fuck is this for exactly? And then I remember it's like 
the type of people that think Liz Cheney are great is great. Well, it's I the mean, kind of weird centrists that are like. I, I, honestly, Ooh. it's also it's it's also like a, a feel good piece for all the Warren heads out there. Oh, all it's these like, oh yeah, weird, no, I'm like, right in the sweet spot. I nailed it. Yeah, exactly. I've mo- I've 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 absolutely triangulated the perfect position, which is something. I, admittedly, a like. I was there in 2013 when I was still, you know, a kid. Uh, but, you know, it's something that you should probably figure out if you're going to call yourself progressive or left or whatever the hell. But they have blinded many conservatives to the greater danger pointed by posted. They have blinded many conservatives to the greater danger posed by the right, which we believe is a threat to our constitutional order and therefore to conservatism itself. We come to our view after writing and warning about the illiberal left for much of our careers. One of us wrote a book nearly 30 years ago criticizing those who would limit free speech and free thought by restricting free speech. I've never heard of a leftist position that says you're not allowed to have your free speech. You know what? I'll tell you right now. If you want to be a racist, shitty Nazi, like... Oh, I guess... If it if it stretches to the point where you're, you know, right, well, there's I mean, always going to be. I mean, but hate limit. speech has always been illegal. We just don't actually monitor. Like that's that's, right, not, that's right, never exactly. been covered under the free speech articles. We just <laughs> it's so like in America we're it. like, well, now we need to do we need to cover hate speech. It's totally yeah. okay too. It's all no, free. It's, it's all, like this is the point means. where this is the point where people like start shitting all over like Cuba. Like, oh, there's no democratic freedom there, and it's just like the democratic freedom to shout that you hate Jews. Like, yeah, no, that doesn't exist. Yeah, no, I mean, we've always had laws against hate speech, but apparently they just aren't important anymore. Yeah, exactly. it's far more important to make sure we hi, cap, we'll put that word free in all caps. <laughs> caps lock that word free every time you say it. And so the other of us has been sounding alarms about left-wing ideology since his days as an official in the Department of Education during the Reagan years. So two of these guys, their bona fides is we wrote a book that says the left was dumb, and the other and one was in a Reagan present. administration. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did say like, oh, yeah, we need to protect the conservatism from the right. It's like, yeah, no, we have, it, clearly conservatism is failing in this country, which is why Texas is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Since then, the left has grown more radical, more aggressive, and less tolerant. Which is sure, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's he. I mean, he's not wrong because the to- the tolerant left is some of the dumbest. the whole The whole idea of the so tolerant left the tolerant people tolerant is, war, yeah. is the Warren heads we were talking about. Well, yeah. we may not like the billionaires, but we gotta let them keep doing their thing. It's important right. for society. <laughs> Who are you, Joe? No, I was doing, I was doing a, a list. <laughs> You're sounding a little Joey. I guess that Warren does the same kind of like eh, eh, with her. I got a plan for that. I got a plan for that. I I got a plan for that. With the help of social media and influence in academia, insane, and sometimes in newsrooms and corporate HR departments, a small number of die-hard progressives, they make up only 8% of the public, according to one recent survey, exert a hugely disproportionate influence on culture. Progressives are often imposing illiberal speech norms on schools, companies, and cultural institutions, the liberal journalist Jonathan Chait writes. 
There have been many um, examples of squelching arguments that, although controversial, deserve full and frank airing in a free society. I, I, mean, I don't think that it's squelching arguments when we say, hey, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't have murder of certain races and gender identities and stuff just legal. Look, That's, I hate that, should, that. That should be illegal and we shouldn't have a discussion about it. And then they're like, oh, but free speech and got to let them voice their views. Look, I'm just really pissed off that the shows that I would have normally watched on ABC primetime are telling me that I'm a bad person because I am unwilling or incapable of changing from my earlier modes of thinking. Like culture shifts are typical. And this guy was at the center of this, the shift from the 70s to the 80s and 90s. You know, this guy was working in the Reagan and Bush years. And I'll, I'll argue that Bush, Bush is a worse president than Trump was. Like, I know that right now we're all super inundated with media that tells us otherwise. But Bush was a bad his, dude. His uh, body count was probably the highest we've had. Way higher. Yeah. Certain, even like maybe if you talk straight numbers, possibly ever. If you talk per capita, still one of the highest ever. I think Reagan and Johnson might be the only two right now since 1950. Meh, Eisenhower's pretty bad too. But like you could count, I guess Eisenhower has Indonesia, which we've talked about, has Vietnam. And then we have Reagan, who has pretty much all of Latin America as well as Iran. That's it's tough to fight with, but Bush is Bush is hitting above his weight there. Yeah, I mean, so far their argument has basically been, well, we don't like the left because they're the same people who were in the USSR killing all <laughs> the Nazis, and that was too many bodies, too many bodies. They shouldn't too have been many killing bodies. all those Nazis. <laughs> now there have been many examples of squelching arguments, none of which I will list, that although controversial, deserve frank and full airing in the free society. Universities have attempted to kick off their campuses, Christian ministries that require their leaders to be Christian, and we have written in these pages about efforts to weaken protections for religious liberty. Structural racism, the perpetuation of de facto discrimination by ingrained social arrangements, and Social arrangements and assumptions is a reality in American life. But the hodgepodge of ideas in the bucket that has become known as critical race theory includes radical claims that deny the enduring value of concepts like equality of opportunity and objectivity and reject the traditions of liberalism and meritocracy. Yeah, no, I mean, because everyone knows that if you're black in this country now, if you don't succeed, it's just because you didn't try hard enough. We, we fixed all the racism, yep, 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 so yep, now yep. if you can't succeed, that's on you. Look, I gave you as many grants as I'm willing to give you. If that's not equality of opportunity, I don't know what is. What's that? Literally 150 years ago, like you had ancestors who were being whipped on fields? Nah, <laughs> that's not that big of a deal. Get over Wait. it. Your grandparents ago. were literally born on a plantation as slaves? What? Nah, shut up. <laughs> oh, you, you're a young kid and your grandparents were beaten to death in their school? Eh. Wait, get your over parents, it. Stop being a whiner. Yeah, your parents had to be escorted into grade school by uh, National Guard members? Crazy. Fuck off. <laughs> we're equal now. No, the, the, that that whole the white guilt is over. I can just let go of it. Mentality is uh, that, yeah, no, that you're right. That is an exclusively left thing. All these liberals, uh, they they've clearly got it right. We should just let it go and be like, we're, we're, no more white guilt for us. Thanks, we're full.
No more white guilt. I've felt as bad as I want to feel. And because I have some kind of vague uh, support for affirmative action, I am beyond any kind of reproach. Uh, the most extreme version of these ideas might not be taught in high schools yet, but their influence is undoubtedly feeling is undoubtedly being felt. The idea to like the dry it drives me fucking up a wall. The fact that these people think that CRT, like critical race theory, is the norm in the, school. Uh, that, this, this, that does have seem to be the, that does seem to be the discussion lately. It's just this. Uh, oh my gosh! Every single school is telling all the all of our kids uh, that we still owe reparations and stuff. It's like no, that that doesn't happen like anywhere except for the most progressive institutions out there. And if you choose those places, you chose them willingly. Well, beyond even – I don't even think that there are institutions that follow this sort of thing. You might find a couple of teachers. Like I, in my time, admittedly going to a Catholic high school, very unorthodox uh, way of being taught these days because I think everybody should go to public school, which should be, if anything, overfunded and overly oh, yeah, we should. communist and <laughs> all that shit. Uh, but like even I – came across as little as possible of this kind of thinking but one I, person who got fired for it talked about it i so. never had a single teacher who was more f progressive in mind than oh, we should just treat everyone nice that was about yeah. as far left as it got for me in school and i graduated high school in 2012 so it's like it's been eight it's been 10 years jesus fuck so maybe things have changed. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 2006. So, and I, you know, I haven't, I, I haven't uh, taken a college class since 2009. So, you know, mm, yeah, <laughs> maybe they're teaching these kids to be cool. I mean, I always like, like to dorks, hope for the Zoomers but... when I see like occasional communist TikToks and whatnot. Oh but... God, have you paid any attention? I mean, thankfully for you, you're not on Twitter. But no, I'm not on social media really at all. I do some Reddit stuff every now and then, but. There's the, that West Elm Caleb thing, which is drive me – like I haven't paid enough attention, but seeing any little of it makes me think, wow, people are stupid. But I think that's general. I think that's a general thing. I don't think that's necessarily – like you could find a 30-something or 40-something woman who would say the same thing as these West Elm Caleb like early 20s Zoomers. Like I'm not too – I'm not too fucked about any of this. It just seems like neurotic urbanites being upset that somebody didn't return the text. But yeah, well, and it hasn't to like, leave that behind. Yeah, well, and it hasn't uh, made its way to me at all. So I obviously it's not that pervasive. So good. Yes. No. Most people I think are cool. I like generally. I think most people are cool, and you could. That's my deal. I think that most people, if we were put in the right situation. If we all believed in each other and if we all had less exploitation expected of each other, we could be better. Um, and that's but very helpful. Unfortunately, there's that pervasive thought of, uh, well, we can't we can't completely change the system. We got to we got to play a very slow game, even if we do want things to change. Right. We have to play a very slow game and we can't possibly like expect people to reevaluate the past with things like CRT. The progressive movement, then, is increasingly under the sway of a totalistic, unfalsifiable, and revolutionary ideology that right 
that rejects fundamental liberal values like pluralism and free inquiry. And conservatives aren't hallucinating about its influence. Surveys show that 62% of Americans and 68% of college students are reluctant to share their true political views for fear of negative social consequences. A Cato Institute study found that nearly a third of Americans across the political spectrum, not just the right, say they're worried about losing a job or job opportunities if they express their true political values. Now, I want to say... 62% of Americans at large, whatever this is being drawn from, are they all conservatives? Last I saw, about 30% on either side identify as either Republicans or Democrats, and the majority is independent or unaligned. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, most people, I think, I'm worried to tell my boss who has a bunch of fucking like. Rise and grind, uh, few will hunt, like Jocko Willink type shit all over the walls. Like, yeah, I'm get... worried to tell him the fact that I feel that workers should own the means of production because then I will lose my job because yeah, I'm at and, will uh, employment. These guys are not at will, obviously. I mean, I know that uh, working night crew makes it different for me. I can talk to the four other people who are there with me, you know, pretty freely. But also most of them do not give a shit about politics. And the one guy who I generally can't open a dialogue with is a kind of a neo-Nazi. So it's hard <laughs> to <laughs> – I don't know. I mean it's frustrating because I'll talk to him about, you know, oh, yeah, I agree with you about exploitation of the masses and all that stuff and we should have more freedom. And that does not mean that you should have the freedom to – murder whoever you want and say the most racist bigoted shit it means you should have the freedom to live a healthy comfortable life and he's like but only white people right <laughs> yeah it's like, it's just, but know. only it, people i've expected to be that way i don't know it's just uh it's infuriating because it feels like i i can make the most salient points possible to my coworkers, and they either blow it off or willfully ignore my point <laughs> yeah i mean there's here we are reading something in the paper of record. This is supposed to be a liberal publication, a liberal publication that 150 years ago defended slavery. Yeah. So, like, oh, because at the time that we was are. okay. That was okay. That was what it was. Yeah, it's to. like it's okay to be personally against it, but are you really going to rock the boat? Like that's where they are all that's the time. Been their sweet spot. Yeah. Another study suggested that the level of self-censorship in America may be three times what it was during the McCarthy era. And I'm going to say right now, I don't know what kind of metrics they would have possibly used for that, but I would like somebody to remind me who the people who the McCarthy and the, uh, the McCarthy-led Committee on Un-American Activities uh, targeted. Who did they target? Was it conservatives? It was, yeah, definitely the far right. They definitely yeah. were just teaming up on the far right, and they never – they were always like, oh, man, you guys you guys have had everything going your way for so long in this country, and it's time for you to shut it down. <laughs> and we, I mean we definitely aren't – we aren't threatened by the left, obviously, because they've never had anything go their way in this country, so we're not going to say shit about them. Nothing, nothing. And the blacklists are exclusively for Nazis and people that we don't have building our rockets right now. The left is not solely responsible for creating these fears, but it has played the most significant role. 
Yet even granting that, the threat of the illiberal right is much more immediate and more dangerous. If that wasn't clear before the last presidential election and the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6, so 2021, easily the most death on our soil in history. <laughs> I am so impressed by the fact that people – these are people who scream and shout about supposedly supporting gun control or whatever. And one person, Ashley Babbitt, died. One of the – well, I mean more than one person. There was that guy that got tased in the balls and had a heart attack. There were a couple yeah. of cops I mean, that were out of shape and then maybe also committed suicide, scare quotes. But like you can count maybe six deaths from the Capitol. I mean our, Only our two police of them force that do day. that unlawfully every day. Exactly. Just, like if you take our police numbers across the country, there's six. There are people dying you every don't hear about from fucking the cops. day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and beyond that, like actual right wing, uh, fucking like mass murders at yeah, places I mean, like Dylan Roof, how many, killing people. If you want to talk gun control, don't talk about January sixth. Talk about any of the mass shootings we've had elsewhere across the country that. Uh, have been generally with a very right-wing tilt of the guy pulling out the gun. The only thing that this – that January 6th has in common with those mass shootings is the fact that the FBI knew everything about him. Mm -hmm. We 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 could literally could have stopped it at any point, but we're like, yeah. nah, no, nah, they're not going to actually do it. And right. then they or did, if they, they do, it, they, we're going to get more do, funding we, for it. We, we Think how much pearl clutching we can get done if they actually do it. <laughs> <sighs> Any account of the malignancy of the American right has to begin with Mr. Trump. Not, of course, Reagan or the Bush dynasty who well, paid no, my bills those, until those I started. Until These guys the, work for those guys. Yeah. But Trump Not is the boss. most dangerous. Trump is the most dangerous man who's ever existed in history. Literally no. worse than Hitler. Literally worse than Hitler. This guy that couldn't even fucking like start a real – conflict because he was such a fucking I'm so if fucking we're gonna afraid. talk if we're gonna talk like uh manipulating uh, our perceptions of reality i mean i've met even like fellow leftists who are like yeah no trump is the most dangerous thing in our country right now he's he's a tr him, him and his people are the most threatening thing that could possibly happen and if he gets reelected <sighs> in 2024 that's the end of democracy look democracy ended long ago this sh this sh this shithole country never had it it, the the people that clutch their pearls over Trump really like I get it you know you were inundated with this kind of media coverage that is pervasive and ubiquitous and we can't escape it so obviously you're gonna feel bad about the shit that you're constantly coming across but the fact that he didn't kill a million Iraqis should factor in to your calculations whether he is better or worse than Bush, who one of the authors of this article worked for. So the idea that the malignancy of the American right starts with Trump and not the evangelical right that propelled Bush into his position or that founded the base of the Tea Party, 
which it, it like there's a direct line. I mean, if you want to draw it, there's a direct line to the Civil War South. You know, there's a direct line to the moderate bourgeois. You know, I say moderate, but like the petty bourgeois uh, tyrants of the South who were feeling threatened by the the coastal bourgeois, the new financialized bourgeois of the North. You know, it's not as though I'm saying that you can defend slavery or that you can defend Trump because he's a piece of shit, obviously. But like the idea that he's some aberration from this this trend is is silly. Yeah, he's he is I mean he is to have with us laying along at home always has been a symptom. Mhm. Mhm. He's just a symptom. But uh these guys describe Mr. Trump whose sensibilities continue to define the Republican Party. It was he who attempted what no president had ever tried, overturning election, unlike, of course, Bush in 2000 or 2004 well, or Reagan that was in 1980. Okay. That was the Supreme Court saying it's totally fine. We're yeah, good it's here. fine. It's this fine. In 2004, like we just didn't count some of the Ohio elector, election people. It's fine. And it actually also worked back then because we said right. it was okay. It's yeah, because it was people from Trump, the Brookings officially... Institute. If our government had said that Trump's thing was okay, then he would still be president. But he, we, we, we drew a line from, oh, this one's not okay, so no presidency for him. But, well, that's okay. You can have it back in 2024. <laughs> Are you hearing a thing from me? No, I, I just hear Here, your one voice. Second. One second. <laughs> Sorry about that. All, right. All good. We might need to start uh, interjecting less because uh, otherwise it's going to be take two and a half hours. <laughs> so it was he who attempted what no president had ever tried overturning an election. Historically infactual, uh, unbased in fact. He based his effort on a huge campaign of disinformation. Mr. Trump pressured the vice president government's Vice President, governors, secretaries of state, election officials, and appointees at the Department of Justice to join him in his efforts. One of his lawyers reportedly proposed a plan to nullify the election, and Congress's January 6th committee, January 6th committee will reveal more and probably worse. Possibly, you know, maybe, I mean, probably it, worse. It's going to oh, be I mean, bad, guys. Gonna, I've de- this January 6th committee is going to be just as effective as that 9-11 committee. We're going to find gonna out be, all the skeletons in the closet, and we're going to be like, oh, we know exactly what happened now. Dude, it's going to be worse because, it, like, you can actually find a little bit more in the 9-11 commission. This is going to be, like, Mueller investigation type, like, bullshit because it's already it's the only difference is that i've paid literally no attention all of this seems to be bullshit and hearsay and who cares because they're gonna arrest a couple more they're gonna arrest a couple more idiots who were clearly the front runners of this whole operation and then they're gonna say we did it (laughs) solved it all solved it all the republican party rather than spurning mr trump and his efforts 
has embraced them. An around-the-country perspective, Republican candidates, far from imposing the stop-the-steal lies and conspiracy theories that are running on the... Far from opposing the stop the steel lies and conspiracy theories are running on them in 2022, according to a Washington Post tally. Any prominent Republican today who disputes the stop the steel can expect to be targeted by the base, booed at any large gathering of Republicans, censured by party apparatchiks, and possibly threatened with physical violence. It is so sad for the Republicans to actually worry about responding to the base that keeps them in power. That yeah, is heaven sucky. Forbid, heaven forbid they have to actually do any of the stuff they say they plan to do yeah. and stick to a certain set of principles, no matter how dumb those principles might be. <laughs> no, the Republicans have always been the party of just vote for us because Bible. Right. That's, We're Bible. Now, they have to suddenly, right. now they have to suddenly change it to, oh, well, we have to like make a firm stance on, uh, for or against things. Oof. Well, we're against everything. Is that okay? And yeah. their base is like, no, you have to be against the right specific things. I don't know. It, it, on the up hand, it could lead to crumbling of the Republican Party in a bigger picture. No. On the downside, it's more likely to lead to uh, – No, because the, the fact is that uh, the the Democrats are always going to act as that foil. They're going to try and fill that void, but – in the meantime, only as well as the ratchet like turns to the right and then locks, the fucking Democrats will pull as many people further right as a as a foil. As well, possible. I mean, we have to we have to make sure that the regular right, the the good Republicans, have a place to be when all this shakes mm-hmm. out. Because so. we're gonna be the fucking Joel Bartlett or whatever that fucking West Wing uh, guy is. We're going to be the Bartlett presidency, which is him being like a theologian and a scholar, and that's how you can be a real Christian is supporting the Democratic Party. That's the kind of bullshit. Yeah, no. So in uh, in you know 2050, when Josh Hawley is touted as the most progressive presidential platform ever or whatever. <laughs> You're almost <laughs> certainly going to see it. It's like, what what's Mr. Hallway going to do for us? He's going to make sure that we all pray right and uh, tell the Republicans that they can't nuke another country. Come on, man. You nuked like four in the last three three years. Calm down. Dismayingly few Republican leaders stand four square against the base's insistence that electing – that any election Mr. Trump and his followers might lose is rigged. Oh, it's too bad that the Republican leaders are – not standing against their own party winning. Go, the result, go figure. The result is that Republicans are shattering faith in the integrity of our elections, and it has nothing to do with the fact that everybody feels fucking screwed out of them, and abandoning their commitment to the peaceful transfer of power, the minimum commitment required for democracy to work. I guess this that's is, the, the an, one validity to the horseshoe theory, I guess, is that the, both the far left and the far right recognize this country's busted. And then yeah. it's just that as soon as you go pe- the, to the next thought past that one, that's when there's literally no more similarities. But so, but all you have to do is focus on, oh, they're both radicalized, and then yeah. stop thinking. No more no more critical thinking after that. Yo, if you stop thinking after the NPR fo- to- talking points, you're set. You're cool. The result is that Republicans are shattering faith in the integrity of our elections and abandoning their commitment to the peaceful transfer of power, the minimum commitment required to de- for democracy to work. This is an unforgivable civic sin, but a hardly 
but it hardly exhausts the list of concerns. Many Republicans are now openly hostile to the processes Americans rely on to separate fact from fiction. There's also the deepening cult of despair that has led some on the right to believe that all means of resistance are appropriate. In fact, catastrophism is quite fashionable on the American right these days. Every election is a Flight 93 confrontation against an apocalyptic enemy. Every effort, no matter how extreme, is justified. That attitude is not merely at odds with reality. It is incompatible with liberal democracy, foundational requirements that re Americans compromise and coexist civilly in order to share the country. Here's – this is where I went insane because what they're telling me right here is that – Every confrontation, so every confrontation is an apocalyptic enemy. Apocalyptic enemy. Every effort, no matter how extreme, is justified. And it's at odds with reality. That the reality that they think of, the reality that they live in, is not shattering. That you are not living in a world where you cannot pay your bills and you cannot afford your rent that reality is beyond comprehension comprehension i mean admittedly what are we talking about we're talking about if we're talking about january 6 people people who could fly to dc we're talking about fucking boat dealers we're talking about idiots who you know have like a a pizza own like a pizza chain franchise or something people who are doing fine and yeah their belief that they have some kind of precarious position is probably flawed. But the fact that these guys can't see that other people have a hard time of it, and that is what reality is, that their attitude of seeing things as more intense and more unfair and more cataclysmic is at odds with what they perceive as reality i mean it's it's literally just because i mean yes the people who are actually at january 6th they're probably all okay sure they're still in an abusive system but they're not the ones who are threatened you know feeling threatened for the safety of tomorrow right no they're but, the, they're the 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 er fascist uh like base they're they're the people who are recognizing at, at least at a like a, a at a like i guess you would say instinctual level that they are precarious on the edge of the bourgeoisie they're still bourgeoisie they're still doing really well they're still owners of their means of production or you know at least parasites as in a financialized or landlord situation but like they can f feel the fact that at any point them or their children might be knocked down into the proletariat well, and it's not – I mean I'm not even talking about the – the January 6th people weren't the point of what I was about to say. I was going to take it a step further and say, yes, they might not be a threat, but the people who watched January 6th on their TVs and thought, yeah, that, this is what we need to do to save America, they are part of that dying class, and they're just terrified. Like they, they see that something needs to change, and in their mind, Trump was the guy to do it because they're idiots, useful idiots, yes, but it doesn't change the fact that they, they they clearly see the writing on the wall that something's got to give. They just don't yeah. have any – they're just too, you know, willfully uneducated – whether willfully or not, uneducated to the point where they think that the solution is, 
you know, more conservatism. <laughs> right. People are not like necessarily – even if you're like stupid, whatever, like the the fact that you you will have some kind of impulse. You will have some kind of response to things and your response is valid, especially I think that humans have a fight or flight uh, mechanism built into them. And I'm not going to say there's like an evolutionary psychology thing because I think that's mostly bump. But uh, like I think it's fair to say that these people who recognize that they're on the precariat, that they might fall down into a worse class, like that exists. And the fact that you're just saying that's at odds with reality sounds very Jordan Peterson type of like, oh, well, what? Would you rather be a fucking peasant in 19 or 15 uh, fucking 15th century Germany, like good luck. Like, no, let's fuck off. It, the world is falling apart for a lot of people. And the fact that you don't recognize that it, it shows more about you. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's sad because uh, it's rather than, you know, actually wake, uh, help uh, the useful idiots on the Republican side to recognize that, the person, the uh, billionaire who's telling them, hey, mate, that foreigner wants to steal your $10 an hour a week job, rather than recognize that the billionaire is the problem and like help educate them on that, we'd rather just cast them off and say they're racist, bigoted assholes and we should never tr listen to them again and then, you know, radicalize them further so that we can have a worse Trump in 10 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in a recent survey, nearly 40 percent of Republicans agreed that if elected officials – if elected leaders will not protect America, the people must do it themselves, even if required, even if it requires violent actions. Around the country, Republican officials who defend the election and count votes honestly and count votes honestly have been threatened and have needed to leave their homes or live under guard. Josh Mandel, a Republican running for the open Senate seat in Ohio and leading in the polls, said in the aftermath of the President Biden vaccine mandate, which of course didn't make it, do not comply with the tyranny. When the Gestapo show up at your front door, you know what to do. Intimidating election officials lying about elections and storming the Capitol are not actions promoted by a mainstream Democrat. And while progressive – and while the progressive left undoubtedly has influence in the Democratic Party, if it exercised the near total dominance that Republicans claim, Joe Biden would not have won the Democratic nomination. Totally true. If we had literally any, any influence, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, we, because Joe Biden wouldn't have even been on the primary – won right. the primary. That motherfucker wouldn't have made it. But no, we, and had, he was in we had totally not Iowa. rigged at all. We had a totally not rigged at all primary None. where the guy who was in sixth place before Super Tuesday walked away with it. Wins. Conservatives certainly have their disagreements with President Biden, but he has not defunded the police, attempted to pack the Supreme Court, or promoted the Green New Deal or Medicare for All, like he said he wouldn't. In classic conservative is the truest words. Yeah. In classic conservative fashion, they designed the United States Constitution. We're talking now. I'm skipping some of these silly, like, self-masturbatory like, shit about the old founders. But the founders, they designed the United States Constitution and its attendant institutions and norms both to constrain us and to help us 
be our better selves. The MAGA right has no love for these institutions and norms. It inflames ugly passions and warps reality. It is profoundly anti-conservative, <gasps> capable of twisting in any direction for the sake of raw power. Too bad. It represents a profound break with the American conservative tradition, which definitely didn't strive towards power. And so, to regard the radical left as a reason to excuse, minimize, or ignore the malign movement on the right is an abrogation of conservative duty and principle. If MAGA prevails, conservatism will be gravely injured, and American democracy will be too. So basically, the moral of the story is, well, those Marxists, they, they have a lot of the same talking points as the, Republican, as the Republicans about not surrendering arms and stuff. Because they also don't, they also believe that we're at threat, and we're and the republic, the, the far right and the far left. I mean, they, them both acknowledging that this country is in crisis is why they're dangerous. Because the country yes. is perfect and has never been running better. The fact that you're questioning where we are shows how little you actually care about the norms and institutions that we so care for. And I'm going to be honest right now; I need to piss my pants. I'll Go be ahead, right back. yeah, you can take a little breather. Now's a good place for it. Yeah. Wait. yeah. Wait, wait. There we go. There we go. All right. Feeling better? Much. Thank you. No worries. So yeah, yeah it's a, a, a yeah. Any kind of a evaluation of our country's decline into absolute collapse is uh If you acknowledge that at all, then you're the problem. But mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter whether you're acknowledging it on the right wing, where you say, "Well, our country's collapsing," which means we need to start murdering brown people again or if you do it from the left wing where it's like our country's collapsing so we need to guarantee everyone's basic human rights clearly the same right. thing <laughs> horseshoe theory proved yeah these are the the one of so adam johnson who i mentioned earlier the citations needed uh co-host he was like it's always crazy to see that people call things authoritarian when it's about you know stopping ben shapiro from fucking and it, they never actually stop him. They just protest him. But saying that, hey, we don't want Ben Shapiro over here to tell everybody to be a Nazi. Um, that's authoritarian. But when people are living on the street, when people are dying because they can't afford health care, when people are suffering because they can't pay their rent or buy food, that's or, I mean, when we take it a step further and our own country willfully puts up, like, spikes on park benches and shit right. to make sure that we can't, those people can't be comfortable, that's not authoritarian at all. That's just the country running as intended. Right. That's somehow totally cool. That it's, it's it, it, there's no double standards against the right versus the left. No, the left is treated with perfectly equal fairness and we just have bad ideas, Kyle. That's our problem. You know what? I would love it if my ideas were bad, if everything that I had was bad and the world that existed was, was actually perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, 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 we, if I was totally wrong and the world was legit just working as intended and this is I'm, exactly how humanity should be. Yeah, that'd be great. But I'm unfortunately, fine being wrong. I don't mind being wrong. I've been I wrong lots of times, ahead. and I, I've even gotten – even though I'm a generally straightish white male, I've gotten – I've even gotten pretty good at admitting that I'm wrong sometimes, yeah, which is – no. you know, that's, that's a real good skill. Honestly, one that a lot of <laughs> Look, law, both I'm Democrat and Republican guy. lawmakers could get, to, get good at. Right. I'm a white person, so I've never been told that I'm wrong, but I'm accepting that I am. So come on. 
Give me some props. Yeah, so, <laughs> and again, that goes back to the oh, we're done with uh, white guilt now, Kyle. It's everything's equal now, and we just need to we just need to all acknowledge right, it's equal. Yeah, CRT's stupid because obviously we have equality of opportunity. It has nothing to do with where your parents or grandparents were, or uh, the fact that you grew up in a zip code where the uh, schools were funded with like pennies because nobody in your uh, neighborhood had any money. And the books are from, like, 1904. <laughs> my God. Man, I went to a pro- fucking private school, and my books were from, like, 1950, so. I went to a private school uh, from, like, uh, K to 8, I think, the full way. But, yeah, from 6th to 8th grade, I was in a private school that was pretty well-funded. And most of our books were very up-to-date, except our history and science texts. <laughs> Weirdly, yeah. those Christian books did, somehow didn't get updated as much. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's insane. The The idea that people would um, – these are the people that drive me the most insane, admittedly. Like I'm not going to lie. I can at least ignore most MAGA people, but the people who think that they are so righteously left or righteously smart – and liberal, and the fact that people, the people are who being tout liberal illiberal. as like their identity, like yes. that, like not not I'm not left or right. I'm liberal, and I'm proud right. of it. Right? No, I mean, I walk into every interaction thinking, how can I best compromise instead of how can I express who I am and what is best for me, as well as working with what is best for the person on the other side of the idol, instead I mean, of this whole idea that because what is best for them. What is best for the two people writing this article is what's best for the right, is what's best for the the MAGA side of this thing because it's yeah. all bullshit fascism in different colors. And yeah, I don't we'll use just keep being fascism like, well, as we'll a word just keep being very like, often. We'll keep being like, well, free speech must be maintained. So, yeah, now it's OK for white people to use the N-word for the sake of free speech. Right. <laughs> this is Weimar shit, and it's stupid. It's just the most – up your own ass, stupid shit that you can possibly be. So that's why I picked this one because it. But I mean, if you, if you don't feel like a, if you don't feel like you're uh, if you if you leftists don't feel snowflakey enough yet, we got one real special for you, snowflakes, and that's from coming us to from us from the entrepreneur um, writer Nick Gilmore tells you to stop expecting to get paid for your time. Now I should do some research into Nick Gilmore real quick. So excuse me while I do a Google because I do. didn't know actually. Yeah, I'd love to know who this guy is. All right, Nick Gilmore, author biography, beautiful. A serial entrepreneur with over 10 years of successful business startups in retail, real estate, and the manufacturing industries. Don't call he looks like a villain a from like anything. one of those he looks like a villain from like one of those dramas where it's all about royals and like it's all just shady <laughs> backroom stuff and none of it's actually like violently d- dangerous it's just like right oh i'm sneaky with evil money he looks He's like one obviously of those. a pedophile but uh, <laughs> uh, allegedly yeah. uh, um, but he's definitely not he's only told pers- people to murder other people allegedly yeah, he's a, he has an accelerated growth mentality and a grassroots Ew. business approach he Ew. is the host of cash rules podcast which is his big new project oh i'm gonna re- super need to listen to that Super pro cap stuff by all the marketing I'm looking at, um, but yeah, he's just he's a, he looks like one of those uh, guys who made it in the stock market or some bullshit, and uh, now he's like, yeah, that proves that capitalism works, and if you don't believe it, then that's Fuck on you. you. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but back in September, he wrote an article, and it's to tell you, uh, September 14th, 2021, stop expecting to get paid for your time. How much so is your right time worth? right at the beginning of the fucking great resignation stuff. Yeah. Uh, how much is your time worth? And I don't work for free mindset could actually be doing you more harm than good. So uh, th- there's a header for you if ever you've seen one. Um, <laughs> how many times from the last week or month have you chosen not to do something because you just don't feel like it? Uh, if, you, if you look back, you might not be able to count the number of times you chose to sleep in or binge a Netflix show. You know, all the times you chose to do nothing over making positive use of your time. I mean, right off the back, he's literally like, yeah, if you're not on Rising Grind... 24 7 168 then that's a personal fate you should just give up now dude like i the times that i choose not to do something are generally because i've worked all day so no we we don't have we, we don't have enough time right or are we just not intentional with our time now what does being intentional with our time mean some days can feel short we've woken up done a bit of work and it's somehow time for bed again Other days, it can feel like we get so much done that we're pumped for the rest of the week. Likely, this is because we woke up that morning and chose to be effective with our time. So if you just do your job regular and don't like to be super intentional about everything you do, then you've wasted that day. You you complete complete waste to capitalism, and that's that's your own failing. Look, you only did your job the normal way. (laughs) One hundred percent honest. I think that there's an important. This is what drives me insane about a lot of these rising grind creeps is that like, yeah, it's important to be kind of like my mindful of what your time is and like careful with how you spend it. But these guys are saying if you're not spending it making money, that's bad. And I'm thinking the opposite. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty terrible mindset. One that really uh, is regressive to any kind of uh practicality in terms of the collapse of capital (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you gotta make something between us there's always got to be a middle class and there will be a time when millionaire is the middle class (laughs) because you'll have to be a millionaire just to make ends meet normal style (laughs) but anyway um but he's a man we don't need to worry about that when when 25k a year is literally not enough to to feed your family rice every day (laughs) yeah I just want to make some fucking calories go in my family. Is that so much to ask? Anyway, being successful doesn't just mean getting lucky. It means you made an active decision not to let your time be wasted and instead use it intentionally to make your goals a reality. So already, and again, just this rise and grind. Uh, he sounds like he's talking to a room full of people at like a hotel in conference room or holiday in yeah. You know what I mean? This motherfucker is definitely at the basement or uh, first or second level of some holiday, and like you said, telling me in a seven hundred square shitty room. PowerPoint conference. Yeah, yeah. This motherfucker is telling me how to rise and grind. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs and people in everyday life don't focus their time on the right things. Being more intentional with your time is a good way to achieve whatever type of success you're looking for, be it success in fitness, business, or anything else. I'm not saying you can't indulge that Netflix binge, but you need to set limits and guidelines for when you're going to relax and how much time you need to relax in order to best use your time. So he's basically saying if you're if you're not successful, then you're, you've got your ratio wrong. It's I don't know fault. exactly how. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell you like what to change in terms of the ratio, but you're clearly doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> Yeah. 
completely de- denying any outside factors. Yeah, yeah, it, it is just that. Like, if, it, clearly, if you had just watched less Netflix and worked in, if you had just picked up a second job, Stop you wouldn't be part. buying everyone lattes. Knows that, everyone knows that single mothers who work three jobs just to take care of their kids are—they're not rising grinding enough. <laughs> yeah, what have you done? You're you're a single mother and you haven't three homes that you're renting on Airbnb. What is your problem? Yeah, I mean, you're only, you're working 120 hours a week, but you're not doing it right. You're not doing, <laughs> uh, you see a lot of people spending time on social media and focusing on what people should or shouldn't do. Everyone on social media has his or her own opinion, and each person has the right to it. But it can sometimes be very overwhelming and time consuming. Take the COVID-19 vaccine, for example. People are constantly providing their reasoning for why you should or shouldn't take it. And it's very important to just focus time and efforts on yourself. And I can – I mean I can respect that. Doom scrolling isn't healthy. But you know no, what? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's no more useful than like, oh, well, I'm going to start a startup out of nothing because right. I, I, everyone knows that you can just – it with the time you could have spent doom scrolling on your phone, you obviously could have just turned that instead into a successful business venture because you already had capital to do it, right? Right, obviously. exactly. The problem being like why aren't you turning the $15 that you made that last hour, which is not a living wage anymore, into something real? Living wage, even in one of the cheapest states here in Missouri, is twenty two yeah. something an hour. Technically, it's insane. Now. No, it's insane. If you wanted to live, and we're talking in Missouri, which is, if you're taking the mean, like that's twenty two bucks an hour. If you're living in St. Louis, it's less, or Kansas City, it's even more, even less than that. Yeah, it's uh, no. I mean, that's the living wage is twenty two. So it's. Uh, I, I should yeah, say so, more than that. Pardon yeah. me. Yeah. And that's just, uh, I mean, and that's again because parts of Missouri are. I, mean, I don't know. St. Louis isn't that expensive to live in, but yeah, parts of Missouri it's are not, definitely. But like, if you live there or New Melee or fucking like, I mean, you can't live in St. Charles, but you might. Yeah, live there in are parts fucking, of St. Louis where, as long as you don't mind Confederate flags hanging up, you can find a good place for three hundred a month. You can, man, I was looking at a place in goddamn North of Del Mar and thinking. Maybe I'll take the gunshots. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. So that rent is so affordable. But the rent anyway, is so um, affordable. <laughs> make sure to make the right investments in yourself just as you would with your money. When no. you invest your money into mutual funds and real estate. Yeah, we've all got money. You've been investing in mutual funds and real estate, right, Kyle? You should have you know been doing have that been, this whole man. time. Yeah, you know I Because, you know, I mean, if you don't do that stuff, then obviously you're never going to make it in this world. And you should have – I mean, you have just like 60K lying around to put it somewhere, right? Straight up, I love my dad. I love my dad so much. He and I are get along in a lot of ways. But one time he told me, like, how are you expecting to get wealth without buying a home? And I was like, how am I expecting to buy a home? <laughs> Like, what do you it's, want from me? There, there, there is that mentality that the millennials just can't seem to figure it out, that we're not – yeah, we're we're, not, we're just not doing it right. Not that there isn't any, you know, valid path for us to get to those points. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, um, most of these places are wildly overappraised and everything is built to extract from me. So I recognize that I can't break into the bourgeoisie as I can maybe become petty bourgeoisie, but that is unlikely. Yeah, if you if you really if you really right nail now. the rising grind thing, yeah, maybe you could make it to what's what will be the new middle class in a, you know, a decade or two. That right. millionaire status that will barely keep you afloat. <laughs> right. 
like good luck you have an nft that you sold one time for like 70 grand which made no sense at the time or now and so, yeah, you 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 bought into the pyramid scheme at exactly the right time good job right. you were lucky enough to get in on the ground floor of the newest scam Anyway, when you invest your money into mutual funds and real estate, it's just like when you invest your time in reading a book or working out. But investing or but investing in a used speedboat is like blowing your time on social media. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, those analogies same. are spot on and clearly don't require any further thought to go into them. But if you're a multi-billionaire like Jeff Bezos, buy that new yacht. That's job. Uh, go creation. ahead and buy a trip to space. That that, that yeah. serves all kinds of purposes. Do you know go how much it. good he did for his brand and the world when he yeah. took a dick rocket into space? Yeah, Clearly, he, that was a worthwhile investment, and definitely he produced, didn't. Bet. He produced more carbon than uh, most people in their, uh, entire, their life. entire lifetime. Yeah, at once in, in one in three afternoon. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, it's. Yeah, the, got the double thing that goes on to, valid, the, to validate, yeah, this is what you should be doing, even if the super rich people literally aren't doing that stuff. <laughs> uh, when we maximize the use of our time, we set ourselves up for success. In the long term, that correlation between investing time into yourself and investing your money will have immense benefits in life. <laughs> but how much time sure. do we really have? People come to me complaining about not having enough time in the day. They ask me how I find the time to do what I do because my time is intentional. So basically uh, he, because he doesn't have a real job, he suddenly is like, I have all kinds of time to do whatever I want in the moment. Yeah. Also, this guy does not look – I, I look at the picture of this dude. He doesn't look like he works out. He looks like he's got mm -hmm. a very flabby center. Yo, I'll like, take a flabby center if I just get to sit around and yell at people. <laughs> If I don't have enough time, I create more time. I wake up an hour Impossible. earlier and go Literally to bed an hour I'm, later. Not a real thing. Literally not a thing that can exist. You cannot make things. Motherfucker is wearing Doc Obviously, all you need to do is only sleep three hours a day, and then you'll be totally successful. And that definitely won't have any implications on your ability to, you know, do the things in life you need to do to get that stuff in the day done because be, everyone knows if you sleep three hours a day you're just as effective with your time when you're awake God, <laughs> um yeah that extra that, that extra hour or two a day is 300 365 or 730 hours a year that's a lot of time they say you need to spend 10,000 hours doing something to become an expert at it if you add an extra three hours to your day each day you you can be an expert at a new skill each year that's huge no. Not, not really. That's uh, that's uh, that's not that, that is not the, how, not how that dichotomy works. It's <laughs> not how that works, Nick. <laughs> no. um, especially because that's only three times three sixty five is a thousand, not ten thousand. That's a, <laughs> that's a, you can be an expert in a new skill each decade. Yeah, bad yes. math, buddy. What if what if I I didn't know how to spell? Can I be smart then? <laughs> Oh, this guy has a. This guy has all kinds of good ideas. Anyway, you don't have to be smart if you have money. That's the thing. It's great. <laughs> Jealous. Anyway, I'm not uh, smart. But if I had money, I didn't have to be smart. It'd be great. Next time you think you don't have enough time to do what you need to do to get done your primary goals, go back and look at it, what it is you did over the past few years or few past few days. Sorry. Go back. I'll just read it. Just your primary goals. Go back and look at what it is you did do over the past few days. Did you let yourself sleep in? Did you watch that extra episode of Grey's Anatomy? 
Did you scroll through TikTok for an hour or two? It's a good idea to keep a schedule on your phone or with a good old-fashioned day planner. Because everyone, you know, obviously, if you go back to good old pen and paper, that'll that's that's obviously one of the solutions too. Everyone knows all the all the boomers know look, that uh, if I'm, we just got rid of our phones, it would solve everything. Look, I'm not gonna lie. One of the times I was my most productive, and I'm saying this as a person who has lived on both sides of this. I did keep a tiny little notepad in my nerdy little breast pocket. And I wrote down every day, like, what I needed to do. And I would look down at this tiny little notepad, and it would tell me that I had this or that to finish up. Is that about the time that you uh, walked away from college with a degree that makes you have more debt somehow? Yeah, somehow. Right. It left me with nothing, obviously. But I will say, if there's something to say about, say, like, Lenin, he was a very enthusiastically uh, diligent person who took a lot of advantage of all uh, a lot of his time. There's something to say about people like that. There's something to say like Da Vinci or whatever slept for 30 minutes, woke up, worked for two hours, then fell asleep again for 30 minutes. I think that's insane. I think most people are much less productive that way. I mean, and I think yeah, like, I mean, the some idea are... that you keep track of your time is not a necessarily entrepreneur type of thing. Yeah, that's more of a it's good. I mean, and yes, admittedly, yes, it's keeping track of your time, being diligent about that stuff. That's probably just smart decision making. But I, it's, it's not the end all be all of the reason some people make it and some people don't. No, no, um, no. Yeah, a lot of that means on how much money you started with. Until you've gotten good at intentionally using your time without the need for a daily budget, decide every day what you're going to do with each hour from wake up until bedtime, schedule in your TikTok or Netflix time and never go over it uh, <laughs> until you find yourself not – if you ever find yourself breaking that schedule, give you, uh, if you if you ever find yourself breaking your schedule, give yourself incentives for little successes. Um, wait, I might have misread that because I didn't see like a sentence structure. So until you've he gotten good at intentionally writing like an idiot, no, until you've gotten good at intentionally using your time without the need for a daily budget, I see. I've missed a comma. Decide every day what you're going to do with each hour from wake up to bedtime. Schedule in your TikTok or Netflix time. Then don't go over it. If you find yourself breaking your schedule, give yourself incentives for little successes. Who knows what those incentives might be? Because you obviously can't afford to spend money on anything but investment and smart planning, but. Hmm. You know, I'm sure you'll think of something. I'm going to spend money on weed. Weed is obviously the opposite of what this guy is talking lies. about. Lies. Lies. <laughs> the only thing that can possibly be important is this guy's drugs. Yeah. No one's going to show up while you're relaxing on the couch or putting off writing that novel to tell you to get to work. You need to parent yourself and get yourself moving. If you need to treat yourself like a child who needs a physical push to get going, then do it. Hold yourself accountable. So it's okay to it's okay to um, regress to a point where everything is structured and you don't worry about thinking outside the lines because that's how you succeed. Admittedly, Good. there are people who one hundred percent need the the. This is the thing that I think kills me about these sort of faux entrepreneur type like motivational speaker idiots because like yeah. People oftentimes 
need a push, need something to get them engaged in the world around them. And if we had a communal sense of engagement, something that would bring everyone together, maybe that wouldn't be quite so intimately bothersome, but yeah, I and I, the the issue here is that we're still demanding an individualistic approach. Well, and I mean, I've seen plenty of people though who do have that drive, and what it's gotten mm-hmm. them to is lower management. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where it's gotten them to exactly, yeah, like bo- bossing around a, a bunch of other people they have a lot more in common with than their boss. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's I I I don't think that uh. I, I mean, yes, obviously being motivated is necessary if you're going to do anything. And as someone who's literally never motivated, I, I, I understand that. But I don't think that the people who are in a precarious position financially already are going to suddenly be you know, able to turn it around in a year or two just because they say, well, no, now, it's time to, to, now it's time to make use of my time perfectly and always be about work, always be about doing something productive. No, no, that's insane. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, maybe, and my view is definitely skewed because, admittedly, as the kind of nihilist I am, I I don't do what this guy. I, I am the guy who sits on the couch watching a little extra Netflix or playing that extra video game, around, whatever that extra hour of Saints Row or whatever. I'm not getting shit done, but I also, to me, it's uh, it's kind of a futility thing. Oh, I could really bust my ass, and I might be slightly more indoctrinated into my company's system. Yeah, I don't know. I just I can't see it as worthwhile to be a rising grind person because the small pleasures I might have from slightly more money would not be able to balance out the fact that I'd still find it all meaningless, but I don't know. Anyway, here comes the actual part. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. You had a point though. I mean, I was going to say as the absurdist that I am is that I think there's very little, you know, it's only one. I, I I wouldn't even say a further step, more more a sidestep towards accepting and doing exactly as you did, which is materials materially the same, but the one change would be accepting it, and I mean, admittedly, nihilism ba- is based on acceptance as well. So. Who knows yeah, I mean, I've accepted it's more that, of a bear. I mean, bear my, my philosophy acceptance. has been if I, I, I know I know where I'm at in life and I know the kind of person I am, the kind of charisma I have, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to be the next Che Guevara. I'm not going to be the next Lenin. You oh, know, God, I'm not gonna, never. Like, I just don't have that Me kind either. of. And, and that's, that's, the, and that's the kind of change that would actually change things in the world. So if I'm not going to actually change things in the world, I don't feel the need to bust my ass to be slightly more materially successful in a traditional sense because I'm not like craving for more things in my life. What am I going to do with that extra money? Buy more things that I don't need? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm well – the only thing I could probably use is a separation from the bedroom for my desk. That's really it. (laughs) Yeah, there's admittedly – yes, admittedly more space might be nice, but – there's, I'm asking know. for like a hundred square feet. Nothing crazy. And that's, that's just it. Like I, I, part of it for me is I don't feel like I should be. I should have to work harder to have those basic necessities met. Because meanwhile, exactly. there's Jeffrey Bezos who's 
uh, in more one day spend more all. than I'm going to yeah. in my entire life and put more car- fluorocarbons more into the world you, than I ever More than you or me or most of the people we've ever met have made in hundreds of their lifetimes. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, he he's all – I mean, and admittedly, when he started, he was that rising grind mentality, but that doesn't he make it less evil. Really. He wasn't I mean, really. He had, he had all the right – contacts and connections his and parents yeah. gave him hundreds of thousands of dollars he had a bunch of money like lined up so when i argued with my dad i was like so you know that amazon made no money for however long and he's like yeah isn't that great and i was like no because he didn't make money because he was already making a shitload of money from his parents and because he was getting a bunch of fucking tax breaks because he was rich government in a liberal democracy exists for the domination all of the state exists for the domination of one class by another and until you can eliminate all classes by creating only one single class the proletariat or the uh, post-proletariat class then nothing matters you should dominate them even you if you accept the it. narrative and you do the uh, Jeffrey Bezos totally self-made, is that really the guy you want to be? Ugh, he's is gross. That... He's bald and a creep. Why do you want that? I mean, bald. I could, yeah, that, I, I'm not worried I'm about being bald. So philosophically whatever. evil and terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I want to make sure that anybody who has hair out there don't. You don't want to be like him, man. He's got no hair. Come on. What a what a weird spin to take for a, why you don't want to be like Jeff. <laughs> hey, don't be like Jeff Bezos. He doesn't have an air. <laughs> anyway, here we get to the crux of the article. Okay, Stop sorry. expecting to get paid for your time. Oh no, there are I many spend of time, us, and I'm not getting paid. <laughs> there are many of us who just can't separate the idea that if we're working, we should be getting paid. We Oof. think we should, if we're using our time to do something, there should be some form of monetary reward. I do think that. No, we think that if we're using our time to do something, that there should be a direct recompense to the thing we're doing versus, uh, you know, the outcome. So if I I mean, more, it's more that if we are spending our time doing work at a place that's supposed to be paying us, then they should be paying us for the amount of value our work produces. But no, it's it's definitely just his Any thing. amount of time that I've spent, I should not be paid for. I'm going to take that. I'm going to say, hey, I've created value, and that value that I've created, just take it. Just take it. But There's we no often wage hear, relation We here. often hear ourselves saying things like, I'm not doing that for free. Oh, I say that every day. Every day I'm just finding myself saying, I'm not doing that for free. But we're not looking at what we're actually learning or the skills we're gaining from the use of our time. Fuck the off. Minds, the mindset that our time should always be exchanged for money needs to go. When you start thinking, I mean, yes, he's right, but the reason he's right is terror is all wrong. He's he's saying you need to step away from earning money for everything that you do because Except then you can your earn more exploitation. money. Exploitation. Why are you being so fucking pissy about the fact that the value you're creating is not being recompensed and you are not a recipient of that value? I know that hundreds of thousands of years ago, you used to collect the berries that you ate. But now those berries go to somebody else, and you should just be happy. When you start thinking that your time could be exchanged for other things, like learning new skills and bettering yourself, you'll start seeing the rewards it brings to your life, which I've been hey, myself will lead to it. more money at some point. Obviously, <laughs> that's yeah, that's his words exactly. Cool. <laughs> so just better yourself, and then the money I'll will just come on in that. on its own. Don't worry about I'll it. I'll wait on that one. How about? <laughs> 
you realize there's a huge value in our time. There's always something more to learn. Understand that value extends beyond money, and you'll start using your time more intentionally without ever thinking about it, because the advantages and successes you begin to see will appear in your life and propel you forward. So yeah. that's Nick Gilmore for you, telling you just uh, – just Honestly, if you would just be smart and uh, do just more stuff, just shut up and do the work for free, you fucking pleb. That, and then, and then, next thing you know, the, they'll they'll be paying you like a millionaire. I mean, yeah. it's just like to be fair, it's the same people who are like, oh, you're working. If you're willing to work those uh, eighty hour weeks for forty hours of pay at this job, then you'll move up the ranks, and next thing you know, you'll be a manager. It's literally no different than most of the jobs I've had where. I worked at a, a corporate office where I was working and people were like, we got – so I, I once asked for a raise. I was making 30000 a year and I was like, so I'm trying to get 40000 They're like, nobody here gets paid that much. And I was like, that's fucking absurd. I'm asking for – I am a person who is paying off student loans like most people these days and I need to be able to pay those loans and – if I can't get 20 an hour with health insurance, I'm still paying out for health insurance. Then I'm yeah. fucked. I mean, and, and they I, were like, fuck you. And I was like, okay, bye. I can't help but think like, yes, sure. I spend a lot of time that I could be exercising or writing more stuff for this show, which is clearly a huge moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could be spending that time uh, instead of spending Yo, it, you I'm know, drinking and playing video games. Month. <laughs> no, instead of <laughs> negative money, totally, totally, spend money to make money. Same, spend money same, to make money, obviously. Absolutely. No, um, I don't know. I, I could be, I, just, I could be doing that stuff instead of drinking and playing video games. But what? What's the end of that? I'm in better shape, so I can stock shelves faster and not, and still make the exact same hourly rate. Yeah, what's the point? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, yes, you're supposed to exercise. Is supposed to make you feel better. Supposedly, I did a week where I, cool. I did a week where I did an hour of exercise every day, and it, I felt worse at the end of that week than I've ever felt in my life. I think I know that after you actually, the you have to keep third doing week or fourth week, you'd probably feel pretty good. I don't know. It's my belief, obviously. Coming from yeah, a I mean, I'm never going to shit on exercise. Exercise is good. Obviously, I think but. everybody should do exercise. I think that it's the the first thing that you should think of when you do any exercise is this is for me and this is meditation. And it's never been for I've never like wanted to exercise. It's never been for me. It's always been for like, oh, I'm supposed to live longer for the people around me, but I, I don't want to live longer. Phil, I don't care if you live longer. I want you to live better. Yeah. I want you to live happy. And if you don't want to exercise i don't fucking care <laughs> That's the I, point. I feel like I, I i do feel like i found i find my zen on the days when i can just know that i worked i mean i worked my shitty job that underpays me but now i can come home and spend my leisure time doing nothing because not being productive is the time that i find myself happiest and that's fine and i mean and to be I fair, I mean, I'm cool. one of those people who, even when I was younger, even when I was younger, like, and I had that kid energy, my whole thing was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy, and I've never, the best day of my life, I still wish I had never been born. You know, that's how, that's just the kind of guy I am. But I'm, I'm here now, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like do anything to prevent that. But to, like, I don't know. I feel like once you have that kind of fundamental, like, nihilistic level depression, the incentive kind of vanishes on bettering oneself for the years that you're here before you end up disappearing anyways and none of it matters where we will we'll definitely get into more of this as we may or may not have hinted at 
but I think specifically coming off of this talk where we've been talking about a guy who thinks that we should just not be compensated for our pay. I I mean, I think what he, and I mean, admittedly the point he's trying to make is, oh, well, part of your time is that that time that you spend, you know, doing something productive, like reading a book or something. Reading a book isn't productive. You're just reading. It's fine. But what if you're reading like capital theory? About, that's fine. You know, not don't, leftist theory, it's not obviously. A real don't thing. read leftist it's theory. It's not a real thing. Talking. It's not a real thing. Reading is cool. Theory is cool. Praxis. Putting that theory into purpose, into real world experiences, is when that becomes important. The issue, and you can do praxis, you know, knowing the theory is important. I'm not going to lie. I think that it's important. But I mean, I'm sure I the, could make much more viable arguments if I had ever read theory. But who cares? Because the ultimate point of theory is praxis, and the ultimate point of praxis is change. And change is built on material decisions, decisions about where you – not even where you put your money, but where you put your effort. And where I find these entrepreneur kind of bullshit things to be real – is where they say, hey, you have to be conscious of where your life is and where you are are as a material being. And that material being is important. And that material being is maybe it's organizing your union, if that's something you have open to you, if that's a possibility. Maybe it's supporting uh, a protest movement, whatever it is. The material option is the most important part, and that's where these entrepreneur people somehow, despite finding their way there, get it so incredibly wrong because they well, find it as a reinforcement. Their focus change for the individual, not change yeah, for the world. Exactly, because it's a reinforcement of the individualization of people in a capitalist system. And, and as that someone is who's, the end. Is I the don't end. know, I feel like – I think part of it for me is just I know that I'm way too individualistic. I should be out there more supporting protests, you know. Well, who isn't, you know? Like, like, I, we're I mean, all I, that way. But, I mean, it's it so really hard. just comes down to I – for one, I don't – I genuinely don't think I could make a difference. I don't have that kind of charisma. Neither and, you or and, not you – know. or, or I. I don't think either of us feel that way that we can – make a difference like this is where we are i think that's why so many people have things like podcasts but yeah the other part is just for me it's it's i get exhausted dealing with people i it's greedy yes i should be uh, introversion yeah well i mean it's, it's it's I, I, am, I am i'm a yeah i'm a greedy person but my greed isn't you know hurting exploiting people below me my greed is just uh not doing any good, you know, and that's the thing. I, at least I'm. It is the Hippocratic oath thing. I'm doing no harm, but I'm doing substantially less good than I could be, admittedly. And I'm just, I'm, at, I'm kind of at peace with that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're... maybe I uh, just don't take that rising grind stuff seriously. Not because it's completely yeah, wrong grind. or bullshit, but because I no. have no interest in trying to. Let's be honest. Rising grind, totally bullshit, but. There is something into being more responsive to your own, 
I don't know, impulses. There's a, 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 a respect in where you can say, hello, I am me and I am going to do this thing. And pro- setting your own goals is important. And I think that there's a, a space where in a progressive, if that's how you call yourself, or communist or socialist space, I think that setting your, your goal is important. And recognizing that other human beings can help you in that goal is important. But, Phil, I think that you and I, both of us, we suck at talking to people. We suck at doing this whole human being thing. That's why yeah, we're I mean, that's why we unsociablist. Because we yeah. can just talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, because we're friends and we can be so like, hey, So all you other leftists out there, listen to what we're saying about what you should be doing. But we're not doing that stuff, just so you know. But you should be doing it. Go for it. Change the world. But we're you not know, I'm trying that. sometimes, <laughs> you know, every every once in a while. But yeah, I no, I, I, I agree. I do feel like I'm a bit of a hypocrite. And so I'm just going to say live your life in a way – I do think the most important thing at the end of the day is the do no harm. If everyone had a do no harm attitude, then that would fix the problem in and of itself. But unfortunately, we some people need to go out of their way to do extra good just to fix the fact that there's intentionally willfully evil people Yeah, Hippocrates there. this shit. But don't hippo like don't be a hypocrite, Hippocrates. It, I guess I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, you know your article Greek. definitely had a little more just sheer ire ire factor Ugh, to it. God Almighty, if I ever read that shit again, I'll blow my brains out. This shit. I, this kind I of people like, uh, exist and drive me up a wall. Yeah, I definitely uh, went into this article knowing that there was going to be some stuff that. Uh, theoretically counted as a good point but that i just didn't want to acknowledge because again i'm a a filthy hypocrite (laughs) and faithfully thankfully nothing that was said in my article mattered one bit because it's just a bunch of david from type pricks well uh that's uh that's our first reading series that's just us making monkey shines at these uh atrociously written things i'm uh, i'm i I forgot to tell you all i'm like 80 i'm not a millennial i'm like i'm i I, I like to talk like (laughs) this guy's like fucking he's the silent generation this piece (laughs) of shit um (laughs) anyway he's like a contemporary with joe biden wow born in 19 fucking 36 jeez impressive phil Uh, honestly um, if i made it to 94 like you have i'd be very excited (laughs) no if i make it past 49 i've made a terrible mistake (laughs) (laughs) no um i was watching uh meatloaf of course died today uh rest in peace uh and i was like man if i make it to 74 i will consider myself far beyond the success that i thought i might that's incredible. If I get to it, honestly, I'm 27 right now, turning 28 in a month, not excited. And if I make it to 40, I will be super surprised. I, I mean, I've, I've come to peace with the fact that I will hit 40 soon, soon-ish. I, 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 I got, guess with how you fast. You got like fucking what, like seven years? You're fine. Five years. Five years? Wow. A little less than, well, a little over five years, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you're, you remind me of a person who, I mean, honestly, ha- have I been timeless to you? 
you seem timeless to me. So yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely, I definitely do not consider you like a younger person than me. And it, it, I mean, like, yes, obviously cosmetically and yes, you're in much better shape than I am. And yes, you look younger than I do like face wise because you take care of yourself a little better. That's hardly because I'm taking care of myself. It's mostly because I was born with and have somehow blessedly kept a baby face. Well, there's nothing wrong with having good genetics coupled with the fact that you actually do exercise. These motherfuckers were Irish. I wouldn't say their genetics were fantastic. I am genetically predisposed to <laughs> a, a few substance abuses, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I drink every day, and that's because my father drank every day, and that's because his father drank every day, so mm, whatever. Well, what do you go? I don't I'm not looking to fix the problem because I'm not also and that's another thing I have no interest in bringing another generation into this world and I think that does make a difference mm -hmm. I have yeah. no interest I don't I don't need to worry about leaving something to pass down because I'm not passing it down to anyone in fact I have a life goal of making sure I die with as much debt to this filthy government as possible because they won't have any next of kin to send it to hell yeah hell yes take <laughs> it all <laughs> <laughs> no I uh <laughs> I don't know. They won't, I, I guess, uh, they won't get a goddamn cent. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess um, we are. Uh, we don't know. We have. We both. Uh, we both have at least the right ideals in mind. But yeah, we definitely have different uh, levels of it, enthusiasm when it comes to engaging in the world around us. And uh, if you're going to take a leaf out of either of ours books, definitely take it out of Kyle's because mine yeah. is mine is definitely maybe easier. Definitely easier. I'd say Just that I have a much life. easier mindset than Kyle. <laughs> Look, uh, but there's a world where we live in. This world that we live in is incredibly individualistic, and I don't think that we should live in that kind of world. Um, and I don't know what to do about it. That's what I'm so scared about is that the world is so incredibly hard to be a part of as this isolated person that we're stuck as and that's why i think you need to find somebody like phil and i have found where you can be a person and be so accepted and be ready when the time comes to talk to other people and like phil's been better about this than i have uh, i mean only because i only work with this I, I mean i work overnight so i don't have to see large crowds of people i see one in, I, I my interactions are almost exclusively one-on-ones which makes it a lot easier yeah, but I mean, like, you're doing the thing, and that's something I mean, to be cool. Like, that's cool. Like, that's a thing. I, but I'm doing the thing in, in lieu of, like, the time I should be stocking shelves. I'm talking to someone eh, fuck about— yeah, stocking shelves. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, in lieu of talking stocking shelves, I'm talking to somebody about being a socialist or at least caring about other human beings as a non-individual. You but know, I mean, I also cool. don't feel like it's changing anyone's opinion. I don't feel like I've changed a single opinion in all the conversations I've had I talking to that. these people. I, think I, I that mean, because I know, because so there's still that lady who hates her son who still thinks that every single person in prison deserves it. You know, and there's the still Nazi. That, there's still the Nazi who's still just as much of a Nazi, even if he like says I have a point about hating corporate regimes. He hasn't like changed any of his personal philosophy. Um, there's still my night manager, Chris, who's like, oh yeah, no, it's, it's broken, but I, Hey, I, I do like no work at all. And, uh, I get paid a living, technically a living wage. So fuck you. Got mine. There, you know, like, and I'm not changing. And then there's a, there's the Filipino lady who's a very, very polite person, but I don't think a word of what I've said to her has actually sunk in because she speaks more English than I do her language, but she still doesn't speak a lot of it, you know? 
<laughs> but you know what? And this is going to be talked about maybe at some later date, but Sisyphus rolls that rock up a fucking hill. And every time he rolls it up to the top of that hill, it rolls back down. And on the walk back down, he thinks, what have I done? What am I doing? And that consciousness, that response that you have at the end of this rock rolling, when you are talking to someone, when you are talking to someone who doesn't know what they're living in because they haven't met that class consciousness because they haven't been exposed to those ideas that you are trying very slowly and very consciously to expose them to when they eventually meet that that space when they realize that they have seen their own rock roll back down the hill they're going to look to their left and they're going to look to their right and they're going to see people like you who are also watching that rock roll back down to the base of the mountain. I think there's a point to what you're doing, and I think that you should be proud of it. Well, that's very nice of you to say, and I don't necessarily agree with uh, how optimistic it sounds the way you said it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the compliment. Um, and also, I don't want to overdo this because we're rapidly approaching two hours, and we have yet <laughs> to get to the news blasts, which ah, uh, I think it is time for. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. News. Let's start with a bit of news about monopolies. We don't have any Gross. of those in this country. No. By the way, did you know that Microsoft just spent a whole butt ton of money buying Activision Blizzard? Yeah, all I know is that AT&T is great. I don't think that they should be broken up. I don't think that they or Verizon should be broken up. They're all great. Well, Microsoft's big acquisition of Activision Blizzard is uh, – it's just making me lose a little more – I've already had a lot of co- confrontation with uh, my identity as a gamer versus how gamers are as people. Yeah. Um, it's it just – seeing the response is like, oh, yeah, it's going to mean – like we might see a resurgence of some of these old games like, like oh, another Guitar Hero. We need more of that. You know, like, I mean Fuck I love off. Rock Band. I love Guitar no. Hero. We don't no. need more – of, we don't need resurgences of these old franchises that have like 20 installments already. Just let them die. And we certainly don't need more exclusives to either. Like literally at this point it is becoming, are you going to have the Sony exclusives or the Xbox exclusives? And as someone who plays games on PC, it means I'm going to get a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not- You're only going to mostly get the Sony exclusives. So. Nah, I mean, you know, Sony's pretty stingy with Steam. Really? If, I was, if oh. I was on Epic, which is the the even more evil massive conglomerate PC platform, then I'd have plenty of access to the Sony stuff. But I'm on Steam, so they're pretty stingy over there because Steam doesn't Steam the only Steam exclusives are usually like indie games that recognize that the only way they're going to get a fair cut of their profit is if they put it on Steam. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, Epic, no, the Epic Game Store is evil and I don't I don't use it um on principle, but I'm, I'm that's just one of my and that's just another one of my like yes i'm a nihilist but also i still boycott stuff for some reason anyway um yeah it's it, the point being we have more monopolies going around and this massive multi was it 70 million or i think it was 70 million but it might have been 70 billion i want to check it would have been 70 billion, billion. i it think that was a b no that seems it, way high that seems oh, way too man. high for a game company acquisition 65 billion that seems insane um 
yeah, no. Uh, let's the, see the, here. Give me, give me some numbers. Give me, yeah, let's give get the me hard some number confirmation here. as to what the world tells me. This game that, or this company that produces World of Warcraft, seventy-five billion dollar buyout. Jesus I was, God. I was, I thought it, there was no way that billion seems to be too high. Fucking kill me. Oh, yep, seventy-five billion dollars just thrown money at this these two companies that are failing because. And, Blizzard has been fucking. Uh, uh, I mean, last, I used to play like, World of Warcraft. It's like this whole and deal has been like, oh well, yeah, you know. Uh, they're doing the same thing as Rockstar, which people, is now we can just we, we can rest on our laurels and release the worst remasters you've ever seen in your life, and <sighs> expect our fans to pay through the nose for it. They and will they did, too, done, and they did. Yep, it's, it was successful. The Warcraft Three remaster was widely <sighs> regarded as worse than the original game, like. You know, you were better off, but you can't buy the original game anymore. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. No. And then the Diablo 2 remaster was seen as the exact same game. Literally nothing has changed. It doesn't look better or anything. It's just on a bigger monitor. And both times they sold millions of copies because people are dumb. That's people. the whole deal. Well, and yeah. also because now you're not – you literally – like if you pop your Diablo 2 disc in on your computer, like your old school – from nineteen, from two thousand and four, whatever Diablo two disc, it won't let you install it. So there you go. <laughs> this country, uh, yeah. it's like this Diablo or Blizzard in particular has been folk like the focus of a scandal. You know, with people basically, it's it's been oh, it's, it's the one of the most toxic about... cultures in the gaming world. Exactly. And, uh, if you if you're a woman there, then Go You're going to be abused, if <laughs> not uh, physically, then verbally. It's... Yeah. And, and there's and and the recompense will be, oh well, we fired the woman who complained about it, so we yeah. fixed the problem. Right. What if what if we changed it so that uh, nobody who said anything mattered? That's the that's the response generally. Yeah, it's uh, which I yeah, suppose I don't know. is I mean, general. The fact that yeah, the fact that this normal. this company. It's this normal ass company. Oh, yeah, and then there's the Activision thing, which their whole shtick is: let's just keep Buying pl- things putting up. out, the, pl- play the hits, play the hits over and over again, no matter how old the band gets. You know, hey, uh, Call of Duty still cool, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, everyone knows that a pro war, uh, a pro war agenda is the most progressive you can be. Yo, you should, if you're if you're pro war, you're doing it right. Look, I'm gonna. I I won't lie. One of the games that I was formed on, and I am a gamer to a limited extent. Not, not so, so much, much anymore. Not so much anymore. But when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I came of age of in 2012, 2011, that life. Uh, so I'm I'm prime Gamergate uh, generation, maybe a little younger, but... I grew up on fucking World of War, or not World of Warcraft, uh, fucking uh, Modern Warfare 2. That was the shit. That was yeah. my game. If, I if fucking you lo- I mean, you can enjoy that style of game just That's fine, but you game. just have to acknowledge that there's, you have to step away from it and say, yeah, there's no introspection the here. I just want to have fun. Ma- the first fucking, like, map in the main quest is you kill a bunch of people as a false flag russian like that in a in a goddamn terrorist attack on a airport so like activision not exactly not exactly a progressive country 
a company. No, and uh, I mean, there are not to say there aren't shooters out there with some introspection. I mean, I recommend Spec Ops the line. If you ever want a cover-based mm, shooter that's really going to make you feel the horrors of being a militaristic fuckstick, Spec Ops the line is the one to go with. The line's good. Uh, I mean, there are like things like what um i mean disco elysium isn't a shooter that's not really a war game but yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a lot of there are good leftist games out there with lots of introspection and good messaging modern warfare isn't one of them Generally, then there's uh, or like yeah, yeah i mean activation nothing activation releases no. is about deeper thinking it's about how much turn off your brain bullshit can we throw in to throw at these people and then do the exact same thing again a year later and literally don't change a goddamn thing None but then it. say it's got new features because we said so <laughs> i mean they're just like ea with their sports games to be fair <laughs> they straight up but are i shooters. mean what have i done with fifa come on <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so that buyout is just just more evidence that you know we're on the way to everything being owned by one company it'll happen the central the central the uh this what's the ter- what's the term the uh when everything when all things are unified to one the uh, oh, sp- spacing um this you know um not singularity singularity the singularity will happen but it will be mm-hmm. capital singularity it will be bad it will be <laughs> a bad singularity yeah. um Anyway, but yeah, I mean, capitalism is really struggling right now. I mean, there's no one who wants to work. We can't get any. We can't get any of the goods delivered because all the truckers want fair wages. Fucking but we have hate. a fix for that. Biden is going to make it legal for 18 year olds to drive big rigs so that we can start exploiting <sighs> teenagers into being our truckers. But hey, for the, them, 20 bucks an hour is better than they were going to do elsewhere. So we're we're just doing a service to all these, you know, 20 yeah, teenage truckers. These kids, literal kids, but like. I was looking at, so I believe it was either Adam Johnson or Owen Higgins, uh, spelt E-O-I-N, Higgins. Um, Mixed feelings on the things he believes, but who cares? Like, he's mostly good, and he does a lot of really good reporting. Um, But he or Adam Johnson uh, were responding to the fact that – Something like 512% increase on deadly crashes by people who are driving trucks 19 to 20. It's like an insane increase of children who are essentially being asked to drive for 15, 20 hours Well, we have the science to back up that their brains aren't like – there. ready for all they're those caffeine there. and shit like that yet like there we have science to prove that yeah they're still in the developmental stage but they're old enough to shoot people and they're old enough to drive big rigs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can put them on the war we can put them out to war and we can put them out to uh produce i guess like fucking fill the target shelves but just indirectly. like when they're overseas just like when they're overseas shooting brown people and they can't have a beer they also can't drive for 15 hours stop at a diner and have a beer no, 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 no beer no. for them nope just coffee, just uh, a burger, and just sitting in that car for hundreds of hours in a month. Yeah, hundred. I mean, over probably over a hundred hours a week. If you if uh, they're doing yeah, a, probably a sense of enough route. Considering they, they, the tr- fact tr- that they get paid by drunk, mile basically. most of it's, the time, you know, these guys are getting paid by the mile. It's insane. The fact that you can't like uh, uh, people say that it's a Reagan uh deregulation which is partially and very truly tr- 
It is true. But that shit happened in the 70s. That was a Nixon-Carter continuum uh, deregulation is trucking. And that was a horrible thing. That was people who were getting paid in the early 80s, like $30 an hour, are getting paid like $20 an hour in 2022. It's been like 40 years and they've lost money. These people are dying. They're sitting in their car for hundreds of hours in in sometimes a week and it's a demo- there there's a sincere like you know going into that job that you're doing detriment body. to your yeah to your body and to your sense of and also to your sense of sociability because even if you're an introvert not talking to any human being i mean i guess the trucker oh radio is there for that but like yeah but like know. what it's, are you gonna do like i mean you know you and i even like we we speak between each other here and it's like there's it's not the same as being in touch with each other you know it's not the it's like people are are wired to see each other and when i see you in person i feel better yeah it's it's genuinely like a stimulant yeah yeah and you're missing that as a dr- uh, as a driver. Yep. Uh, the um, person who's stuck on the fucking road for hundreds of hours. But it's okay. We're going to I mean obviously since we can't get the uh the late 20s and early 30 somethings to do it, it's time to bring teens in because they're clearly ready for that stress. Right. And, and because none of we're them clearly will just decide to fucking beeline off a highway. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that they are 500% more likely to get in a deadly crash, uh, they're cool to go out on the road. And it's great that these because people we gotta who keep are products coming in. We got still, <laughs> if the yeah. wheels of capital ever were to stop grinding, then the world would implode. Obviously, it would. Uh, and better than that is that you can justify not paying them as much. Yeah, uh, yeah, because they're, they're they're just kids. I mean, it's just like how McDonald's is like, oh yeah, fourteen year olds only make minimum wage. But if you're if you're seventeen or eighteen, we'll give you a little more. And if you're in a, if you're an adult, we'll give you a whole twelve an hour. Aren't you special? Hell fucking yes. You're telling <laughs> me that I'm twenty one and I'm making twelve an hour. Hell yeah. Oh no, yeah, I, I don't think tw- I think twenty one doesn't count as the, the threshold uh, that they fuck. put the twelve All and right, a half. Twenty 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 five. I think is, I don't know fucking what you need. I think it's like twenty five plus is the twelve. It's an something hour that means that I'm going to still struggle and feel like shit, but occasionally I'll get very drunk. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's literally signaling that we need to bring back child laborers and child slavery because this is this is how we keep the world functioning. Mm-hmm. It's That's the first it steps back to receding all the way into the 1600s. Best move. <laughs> Best move. Anyways, um, but we've got some good news to end on, and that is that Biden did it. He stuck to it. He stuck a campaign promise. Student loans are gone <gasps> for 70,000 public servants. And oh, that's great it. for them. And that's 0.1% of borrowers, a little over, but basically one one thousandth of borrowers. Yeah. Um, you it, know what? But, like, hey, we did, we did part- it. Yeah, part of me we is cleared like, five billion of the one point six trillion of student loan debt. I saw somebody fixed. like get super excited and be like, "Yeah, awesome, hell yes, oh my god, I cannot believe that I actually had my student loan debt forgiven." And I'm like, "Awesome." I mean, You're yeah, good. Exactly I'm not, I'm not saying person. that's bad. I'm not saying I disapprove of them having that. No, I'm saying not at it all. Clearly, proof, but it is a clear, definitive proof. He can just do this. He can just, he just do, do that. This. He can just fucking do it. So it if he can do it and we have it. definitive proof that he can do it because he's already done it, 
Then why doesn't he just do it? <laughs> why don't you do it, man? It's literally a slam dunk. There is a I, that or I, legalizing I, weed, and you'd get reelected in twenty twenty four, and it'd be. I mean, and then you, that Democrats could stop clutching their pearls about, oh my god, if it, he I mean, did <laughs> two things. You legalize weed. You basically decriminalize it on a DA level. You're fucking covered. If you decrim on D uh, at, 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 at a DA level, you're done. You decrim it. You've already won about 10% of the voters that you wanted. If you then follow that up with saying, hey, 25,000, half of what Chuck Schumer, that fucking conservative prick, said, half. If you say $25,000, we're taking that away from your fucking student loans. At that That's point, another ten percent for him. No, Just- I would die to vote for somebody who did that. I'm saying this as a person who thinks that Joe Biden is a literal cretin. This motherfucker should be rotting in a ditch for what he did to the Iraqis. But I mean, if somebody's going to say that I don't have to pay twenty five thousand dollars, that's a big deal to me. Like that's a problem that I feel like that kind of thing is a moral imperative on me. But Jesus Christ, how do you not yeah, just I, do I that know. to get as many assholes like me to change their opinion? No, he'll do the Democrat thing of make sure you just means test the fuck out of everything. Like, and he'll probably means test a couple more people in there. We'll probably the number the figure will probably be greater than seventy. Maybe hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. But he it'll be so means tested that still less than one percent of borrowers will ever actually see any forgiveness. Yeah, and, you're never uh, gonna see it if you. I mean, generally, if you're not a fucking postal worker, you're not gonna see shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that you, you're, you're not important to society. All you do is keep and one of the most fundamental worker, societies, of, societal structures of communication and you know information exchange alive. You're not important. <sighs> yeah, I mean, even if you're a postal worker, generally you're gonna have to fucking go through like ten years of this bullshit, like trying negotiating your way down. Yeah, it's I don't know. I mean. It's Whatever. just frustrating to see that clearly he is capable of doing this. Like the, the, all the stuff – what the leftists have been saying this whole time, that he can just sign a paper and make it happen. It's proof that that's accurate. We have a king. He can do it. He's a king essentially. But we saw the proof and now still no one's asking any more of it. They're just like, oh, well, that means that he, cool. he, he did it. He, he clearly – I've seen so much. Oh, yeah, Biden stuck to stuck the landing on his campaign promise on like the fucking nice. centrist po- politics Reddit shit. All these Who people who the are like, look at what Biden did. He, he campaign promises Insane fulfilled. People. He's Insane off the hook. People. He's off the hook. Insane. He he ended Afghanistan because Trump had kind of already started pulling it out. Uh, good good on him, honestly. Yeah, I mean, for that. that was what, honestly that was what I was, I was legit expecting. Thing. We'd spend another decade there. I mean, but, we're still killing people through sanctions, pretty horrific sanctions, and and there are still drones over there. Yeah, but no there's still boots drones. on the ground. But you know what? Like they're slightly less horrible, horrible. At least we don't uh, have humans death. shooting other humans. We just have robots shooting. We humans. just that makes it yeah, better. robots and starvation. So we're we're moving in a, the right direction, I suppose. Yeah, and then now you did this shit, where it's like I cleared student loan debt. I said I wouldn't. I did. It's like yeah, but mm, for cool. like nobody. Yeah, for, for like uh, literally ten people. And, and I'm not trying. I don't want to seventy thousand. Sounds like a great figure if you just look at it on its face. Oh yeah, that's a big, pretty big number. That's a that's a, seventy thousand people is a good chunk of people. But then you think about it in terms of the almost uh, almost fifty million borrowers there are, and it's like oh yeah. no, that's that's like nothing. 
Right. It's like one for every person in St. Louis. So cool. Yeah. It's a little know. more than that. Like more like yeah, three one for, for every, every like I said, it's a little it's a, it's a little over one in a thousand. So if you yeah. if you were in a room with eight hundred other people, one of them just had their student loans forgiven. Cool. Hooray. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Um you know, everything's terrible and depressing, and uh, I mean, hopefully next week we'll have something fun to lift everyone's spirits, and that'll a little, that'll be uh, just good, entertaining, good old-fashioned family fun. Uh, bam, but I, I mean, bam. I don't know what that could possibly be on the fifth week of the month. Certainly not a long-form sketch that I think Certainly I've already not. given away, <laughs> actually, on a previous episode. I can't Maybe remember. Maybe somebody I don't remember what we talk about during these episodes. Doing a cool thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I uh, look forward – I mean I'm pretty sure we've already said it. Look forward to a long Zorzan and Oglob coming up in one week's time. That should be uh, a lot of fun. We we already recorded it, and uh, it's pretty neat. Kyle's, I'm sure, putting the finishing touches on making it sound cool and spacey. I mean finishing touches more like, yeah – Deep in the edit, edit might be the better better term for that. Okay, so well, you got a week left to get from there time. to finish touches. <laughs> I've got it. We will have that coming to you next week. Uh, hope you look forward to that. And uh, in the meantime, I guess just we're we this uh, this is going to be close to two hours, so I just I'm going to do the send off. Everyone, everyone, the world is busted. Um, but just keep going out there. Have do no harm. Live with love and solidarity. Pledge the Hippocratic Oath and treat each other with love and solidarity, y'all. It can be told in few enough words. We are not certain of his intentions even yet. They talked. So I am told.